This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free of the chains holding me. Is anybody out there hearing me? Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, Proclaim liberty to captives and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. And as you've heard me say before, I believe that the wives are the key to the porn epidemic particularly the porn epidemic in the church, with the numbers showing so high that 65 to 70% of Christian men are viewing pornography, which is putting a lot of marriages and families at risk, destroying lives, destroying marriages. What I believe is one of the, big, the main keys to the porn epidemic is the wives, because it's the wife who is often urging her husband to get help. It is the wife who is praying for her husband to to change and to heal and to grow. Long before often he's told anyone, she's on one on their knees, begging him, pleading for him, praying for him. And the wife is often the one that can be a catalyst for change in the church when they speak up and they organize and arrange conferences or retreats or other meetings such as we've seen. and But tragically, the wives are the ones that often get left out. I mean, have you ever been in a church on a Sunday morning and even when they do talk about the porn epidemic or pornography in the church, how many often have you heard the wife mention? And yet the wife's heart is critical because if she doesn't heal, the marriage can still be lost. And so This is why on this program we do bring out issues with the wives a lot to provide healing and direction, but also to bring awareness that we need to be aware of that there are more, there's more people getting impacted by this than just the men. So today I have Sandy England on the phone calling in from Oklahoma. She leads our wives groups, our wives hearts groups, which are support groups for wives. Uh, we have a 10-week course, and we also have weekly support groups. So, Sandy, welcome back. Thank you, Mike. So you're missing our 110-degree weather out here this week. How you hear that? It's warm here. It's warm. Don't you worry about that, man. It's pretty warm here. So why don't you uh, tell our listeners a bit about what your wives' groups are about. Um, describe on the process a bit and okay well the wife part grew um i think it just to summarize it a little bit is it's a place for them to be heard um to realize they're not alone um they a lot of times the first couple times they share their stories it's the first time they've really been able to just talk about everything they're thinking and feeling, um, what's happened to them, how um, 
they're really alone. And when they find other women to talk to that understand and are going through the same walk, I think they just feel uh, comforted and a peace in that. Um, so that's pretty much what brings people, um, ladies, um, into the Wife's Heart group is just that knowing they're not alone, they're not crazy, what they're going through is real, and they want to know how to deal with it. They're so confused, they're so hurt, and they just want somebody to walk with them. Mm. So <clears throat> what would you say to somebody who would say, well, porn's not a big deal, why does it? why is it affecting them so bad? Mm. Are you talking the husband or the wife? <laughs> uh, anyone. I think, um, first thing I think of when somebody says that is like, are you a believer? Um, because it's very um, apparent of the impact of porn. Um, if it's If it's so okay, then why is it done in secret? Why is there so much shame associated with it for both the husband and the wife? Um, there's a lot of shame and embarrassment. Um, you know, even nowadays, more people say it's not that big a deal. However, clinically and emotionally, it's a huge deal. It's a betrayal of the heart, as you know, from all the different articles you write and stuff. It totally impacts the person doing it as well as the person that they're in a relationship with their wife or it even impacts the children. As you know, um, Blazing Grace is getting more and more younger um, people wanting help for their children and stuff because the exposure to porn um, and the addictive behaviors that come with it, it's um, growing, it's escalating, it's younger and younger. And if it's not a big deal, then why is there so much concern for it? And why are so many people trying to get it away and block it and that kind of stuff? The people who say it's okay, I wonder where they are and what they're doing that they're trying to justify that behavior. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Well, and as you're talking, then I'm wondering why church leadership would think it's not okay to talk about this issue wide open. What is your take? Mm, that happens quite often in the Wise Hearts group. We talk about why can't we talk about this? Why don't they have groups? Why? Um, my first thought at, way back when we started Blazing Grace, the Wise Heart, was um, they just don't want to. And I kind of still believe that after all these years, but I think they're not equipped if that makes sense. They, um, they address it with the men in many cases. They do counseling with the men and that type of stuff, and they try to walk with them and give them groups and stuff like that. But beyond that, I'm not sure a lot of pastors, and I'm not, I love pastors, as you know, I have a heart for the pastors. Um, they just don't know how deep it is and, um, I also wonder about the spiritual warfare understanding in, in some churches, if they understand when somebody's trying to walk away from that type of sin, how they're going to be attacked. 
how their wives are going to be attacked, how their family is going to be attacked. So I just sometimes wonder in all the training for our pastors and our leaders in the churches if this type of sin, this type of behavior is just not addressed, so therefore they're not equipped to handle it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you talk about the spiritual warfare. Um, what are you seeing in your groups as far as women coming in and even being aware of the spiritual battle or being equipped on how to handle it? Oh, uh, it's kind of funny, and actually many comment. It's like I've heard about spiritual warfare, but when they start understanding what it is, the thoughts that they're feeling, the, you know, excuse me, they start seeing it. It's, you know, um, spiritual warfare, I think, hits the wives very much um, as far as they start having doubts and they start having um, once the enemy starts losing ground as you know um, things just the things they think about we in many groups something will be said and I'll say and whose voice is that and they're like what do you mean I said does that sound like something God would be saying to you and they're like whoa um, they're just not aware of it um, I think until you start walking and you're aware of what, when you're being attacked, what's being said, what you're thinking and feeling, and if you don't turn and connect and take it to the cross right away, you could start getting into the sin. And that's exactly where the enemy wants them, um, especially wives. If the wives are in a spin, the whole household might be in a spin, too. Um, and then the husband is all spinning and the children are, you know, knowing something's wrong but don't know what. So I think... The wife understanding spiritual warfare and the doubts and the fears that they're living in, it's important that they recognize those and address them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so are you saying that a lot of women are, are, have internalized the idea that those thoughts, the doubts, the fears are their own emotions? It's just them? Yep. It, it, that's exactly it. And then they beat themselves up. They're like, well, I shouldn't be thinking this. If I'm of Christ, then I wouldn't be thinking this, and I wouldn't be feeling this. And I'm like, you know, I understand. So they start then um, doubting themselves. They start thinking they should be further along in their healing that they are. Why am I okay last week and this week I'm an emotional wreck? Um, so they, the enemy uses that against them too. So, yeah. In the beginning, you made a made a comment about women coming in, and it's a relief to know they're not crazy. Talk about that. Uh, well, I, that's a lot of things, you know. If some husbands, um, when they're called out or things are exposed, or they're actually feeling that they need to um, address this issue, um, it's getting worse. They've crossed lines. Who knows? But it's all of a sudden out. God's decided to expose it. Even if they don't mean it, um, a lot of husbands blame the wife. A lot of family members blame the wife um, and that type of stuff. So they come in thinking, well, if I was a good wife, this wouldn't happen. If I was a good believer, this wouldn't happen. Uh, You know, I'm a follower of Christ, but yet I married this person. How did I not see it? So they start taking on, I we call it, in group, the identity of the sin. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. We um, start believing we're not good wives, we're not good Christians, 
and we start when somebody tells us we start thinking we're crazy because we're trying really hard to believe and do the right thing and support our husband you know set boundaries do all these things that we know we should do but yet we feel it's our fault so we feel crazy Hmm. that it's your fault lies is that a big one that a lot of women struggle with Yes. It's their fault. They're not strong enough Christians. They're not good enough wives. There's so many lies um, that feed into it. It's your fault. You know, it could be things from even their growing up, they had a little bit of it. You know, not a much um, affection from their dad or, you know, some rejection within their family or, or things like that. So this just kind of feeds that um, to where everything's their fault. If I would be better, and this is myself talking, Mike, as you know my story. Mm. (laughs) Um, If I could do better, if I fought harder, if I could do these things, this wouldn't be happening to me. When in the reality and the truth, it it has nothing to do with how hard I fight. It has to do with what the other person's choices are. Mm. So what does fighting look like? Hmm. <laughs> the old Sandy or the new Sandy? Um, <laughs> Give us both. <laughs> the old Sandy would be kicking derriere and uh, taking names. Um, the new Sandy understands that the fighting I need to do for myself, my marriage, my husband, and my sisters is prayer to help be help them walk, help them see truth, help them. You know, identify um, what being attacked looks like. Help them identify lies that they're buying into. And then it's it's so beautiful to watch when um, uh, a wife is struggling. She believes um, a lie that if she goes out to the grocery store, her husband's going to be doing horrible things. So she eventually does nothing. She's afraid. She won't go outside. She won't do anything because she knows as soon as she leaves, she's trying to um, protect herself, you know, keep her husband from doing something he shouldn't be doing. What actually is happening is she's now in prison Mm. to her own fear. And so walking with her and fighting for her to get her to see that, that she's losing all God's blessings, she's not seeing anything, that her husband, she can't control what he's going to do or not do. And when they start seeing that and they start trusting the Lord and say, no, I'm going to go outside, um, there's a strength in that. And they become fighters. They understand who they're truly fighting. It's not their husband. It's all the lies the enemy is telling them. Mm. Did I answer that question? Yeah, Did very well. <laughs> okay. Because <clears throat> that's the fight. That is, bottom line, the fight. And you really can't do it without others walking with you, helping you see the truth, and praying. Praying, praying. Hearing you in the middle of the night when you're struggling. Whatever it is, you need sisters or brothers for the guys. Yep, that's the fight. (laughs) And then uh, in your groups, I know that you incorporate prayer into every one of your meetings, right? Oh, yes. We, uh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny. Um, 
I don't even know how to say this, but every one of my groups, they become, we have chat, um, texting so they can pray for each other. If something comes up, I have so many groups and everyone, every group that I have that I'm part of on my phone, the first, any sister that's getting on there and talking to her group says, please, I need prayer every time. And then the others are all, yes, praying for you. And, you know, then they know what the situation is. Prayer is, in my opinion, critical mm-hmm. to our groups. <clears throat> well, amen to that. And every once in a while, I'm privileged to pray sometimes with the, some of the ladies that come to us. And what I see is that those prayers are powerful because they're praying from the core of their soul. They're just not reciting a sermon or something. They're those prayers are like, wow, and I love being a part of that. I agree. I, uh, it is so moving. Um, and that's when you were, we were talking about the fighting. You see that grow in, in so many of the wives. Um, they, the more they pray, the more they turn and connect, the more they grow in their strength in Christ. Their prayers are from the heart. I mean, totally. And you can't help but be moved in them when you're with them praying. So I agree with you. It's incredibly powerful. Is part of what you do involve discipling them in how to be prayer warriors? Hmm, I would say, (laughs) I'd love to say yes. Um, But actually, I think, Oh, there's so many I've learned from, you know, how they pray, what they pray. Um, we, we talk about prayer all the time and we talk about the need for it, especially with Turn and Connect. And even when we're setting boundaries or when we're getting ready to have a conversation with our husband, we talk about make sure you pray first, make sure your words are God and not of the flesh. So I wouldn't say I'm the disciple. I think the whole group is being um, taught how to be stronger in that area. Mm. It's beautiful. Really, it is. It's totally beautiful. So. You've mentioned Turn and Connect a couple of times. Describe what that looks like for our listeners. Okay. Turn and Connect to me, um, and actually the ladies, is a critical piece. Um, before we have an important conversation, if, you know, setting boundaries, you know, that type of thing. And we talk about it mostly in the wife's heart group pertaining to our marriages and that type of stuff. But it's actually in every aspect of our life. And what Turn and Connect is, is to take a few minutes, whatever it takes, to take it to the Lord and say, give me peace, give me words, whatever it is that you're needing before you go into a conversation or a difficult situation. And what it does, or at least for me, is there's a peace in it. God is with you. You see things differently. You handle them differently. And God gives you words to approach the subject with him versus of yourself. And it just goes so much smoother. And there's so much peace. You're not ready for a fight. You're actually saying, hey, I need to communicate with you. Because I started to connect. I've got the Lord with me. And we're, we're handling this. In him instead of the flesh. 
why do you, and you've I'm preaching to the choir here so you and others have heard me talk about how critical prayer is and I believe that our churches should be a house of prayer and we should have people on their knees every weekend and why do you think that's missing why is why is prayer missing from our churches and what do you hear the other ladies say mm, I think it's a way they believe in lies myself included at one time that I don't pray right. I don't um, do this right. I don't do that right. So a lot of people, even in groups, the first couple of weeks, there's some ladies that really are uncomfortable praying. Um, and then they hear others pray, and they hear it's just from the heart, and it's just talking to God, and it's just you're all together talking to God about whatever. And so they start opening up. I think for some reason, maybe it's a spiritual warfare attack, I'm not sure, but people are nervous, um, and you know I am, I mean, um, back in the day, and I still do, I weep, I cry when I pray, um, don't know why, have, I've asked God to take it away a hundred times, and he doesn't, he lets me just cry, <laughs> um, I think people are embarrassed, or people are afraid they're not doing it right, or people, you know, but once they start learning are just being free enough to realize praying is just talking to God. There's not necessarily, and I know there's tons of um, Bible studies on how to pray properly, and I'm sure those are very good, but I think the best, most effective praying, praying I've ever had was when I just am talking to God like he's my best friend. He mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think... Um, for what I know of you, that I believe the crying is more than likely because you pray from the depths of the core of your soul, and I I experience that too. There's usually one or two mornings a week where I'm early in the morning, I'm praying, and I got tears down my eyes. I just think the closer we get to the Lord, you become very sensitive, but you're also gifted that way, and so it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Well. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I've just accepted that's what I do when I pray. But praying, I just, in the group, um, I just want to talk a little bit about praying. I think that's the freedom that so many, and strength, that so many women in their healing process start to learn how powerful that is. And because it is so freeing, whether it's the depth, their heart could be heard. So much of the struggles um, with the ladies is they just want to be heard, and how better to be heard than praying to God, you know? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> so, watching them grow is so amazing. So amazing. We have a minute left, and so oh. those of you who are listening, I would encourage you, especially right now, if you are listening and you're a wife and you're in that place where you're alone, I would encourage you to reach out to us. Contact information is the end at the end of the show here. <clears throat> My email or phone, Sandy holds these groups weekly. Um, and we're always signing up new groups. We have a 10-week course, and she leads a, a weekly support group that's separate from well. We also have, she leads uh, prayer groups during the week for women. So ladies, please do not 
sit there and let this thing eat you up and tear you apart. Like Sandy said, she, and she's, she's right in the money. You cannot do this alone. You're in a battle for your life, battle for your marriage. So I want to challenge you and encourage you. And churches, those who are listening to this, you must. We've got to open this thing up wide. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.